0: At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, we travelled to 17th century Europe to answer an absurd question. Why do we have addresses at all? We met next day as we had arranged and inspected the rooms, of which he had spoken at our meeting. They consisted of a couple of comfortable bedrooms and a single, large, airy sitting room cheerfully, cheerfully furnished, furnished and illuminated, illuminated by two by broad, broad windows. windows. The room and the house quoted did not exist. Or at least did not exist when this conversation took place in 1887. But in the 1930s, the address of this house came into being. Located near Regent's Park in London, it was given to an art deco bank building owned by the Abbey National mm-hmm. Building Society. But by then, the address had become so famous thanks to the conversation that people started writing in. The Abbey National got so many letters that they had to create a full-time job just to deal with replying to all the letters. Some of these letters were a plea for help, especially from one of the men having the conversation. They wanted to employ him for his services. The bank, unfortunately, had to write back saying that the man had retired in Sussex County and works as a beekeeper today. If you have been a fan of this man, you'd know by now that I'm talking about Sherlock Holmes. And the address is 221B Baker Street. In 1990, the Sherlock Holmes Museum opened on Baker Street, albeit a few doors down from the building society at numbers 237 to 241. The museum faithfully recreated the living quarters of Holmes and Watson, even down to the exact 17 steps leading up to the sitting room. A dispute immediately arose with the Abbey National over the famous address. Not only were there now two 221Bs on Baker Street, but the museum's one put the street numbers out of order. The feud wasn't settled until Abbey National vacated its building in 2005 and the museum was given sole rights to the famous number. But till today, Baker Street is the only street in London that has a house number that appears out of sequence with the rest of the street. Now one could say this is way too much drama, that too for a fictional address. But have you ever wondered, why have addresses at all? Sure, you'd say that it's an absurd question. Addresses help us navigate a city or most importantly, receive our online shopping orders. But what if I told you that all these are just accidental benefits? The real reason we have addresses is a story that takes us back three centuries. It's the year 1740 and we are seeing one of its coldest and wettest Octobers. Charles VI The Holy Roman Emperor went hunting but fell sick after eating poisonous mushrooms. He eventually died and his 23-year-old daughter Maria Thomas was suddenly the Empress of the Habsburg Empire. She had a task on her hands for she had inherited a debt-ridden empire, a patchwork of lands that included Austria, Hungary, Croatia and parts of Italy. She fought multiple wars to protect her empire. But in 1763, they lost the Seven Years' War, which involved every kingdom in Europe. She was desperately looking for more soldiers, but all the healthy soldiers were retained by feudal lords for their purposes. It then dawned upon her that she had no idea how many healthy men were available for war, simply because she had no understanding of how many homes were there in any village. But the enterprising Maria Thomas found her answer. House Numbers By numbering each door and listing its occupants, the military could strip away the house's anonymity and discover the men of fighting age inside. In March 1770, she issued orders to more than 1,700 civil servants and officers to travel across the kingdom. A professional painter accompanied them, who would then inscribe a number on each wall, with black paint made of oil and boiled bones. In the end, they numbered over a million houses and 7 million people, probably the first census of its kind. Parallelly and quite independently, similar solutions were cropping up in the rest of the Western world, in Paris, Berlin, London and New York. Vienna, though, was contending with unique problems. When a new house was built, it would get the next available number. So house number 742 could be right next to house number 12, which made it hard to locate houses. In the Czech Republic, each house has two numbers, one for directional purposes and one for government registration. In Florence, houses have different numbers for residential and business purposes. House numbers took off because the state wanted to identify people. They wanted to create citizens with identities. Before the 14th century, most Europeans did not have permanent last names. They had first names and they often added their occupation where they lived or their father's first or their father's name as their last name. So there's a good possibility that Baker Street of the 221B Baker Street fame did have a lot of bakeries when it started. But finding people this way was hard. For example, in the 1700s, 90% of men had one among eight common names. It was completely useless for a policeman or a tax collector. The rulers demanded permanent last names and the grip of the state intensified. And that did not go down well with a lot of people. In just one night, the residents of Geneva destroyed 150 numbers. House numbering officials were beaten, sprayed with water and run out of villages. At least one officer was murdered. They came to see numbers as dehumanizing, as if they stripped them of dignity. And they were not alone in thinking like that because the English heavy metal band Iron Maiden had similar thoughts in their song, The Prisoner. We We want want information, information, information. 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 Who are you? you? The new new number number two? Who is is number number one? one? You You are number six. six. I'm I'm not not a number. number. I'm a free man. man. The second name also created problems of their own. In the United States, federal officials despised Native American naming practices, which were often gender neutral and fluid and forced them to change names as a part of a grand civilizing project. Prussia allowed Jews to be citizens in 1812 in exchange for taking fixed surnames. In 1833, they could only take surnames from a government-approved list. This eventually led to their easy identification when the Nazis wanted to persecute them. This is of course not to say that addresses and last names are not useful. The state needs to understand its subjects before they can do anything to shape it. In books, we read words. In cities, we read street names. Addresses give them eyes, but the eyes also do as much harm as they do good. Now go back and think about your addresses. How much do you know about the road you live on and why it has that name? What is that part of local history that is waiting to be discovered? The beauty of travel is that you do not need to go far and wide. Sometimes you can just find rich local histories and revel in the joy of traveling from your living room.